0: Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
1: Hi, everyone. Well, here we are, and if you want to find out how you can get more money for your business. I want more money. Yeah. Who doesn't want more money? Then you need to stay tuned today because this guy really knows his stuff.
2: Yeah. And it's not only money, it's not only more money, but it's other people's money, which (laughs) is the entrepreneur's favorite type of money, right? So with us today is Rick Mamone. He is a serial investor. He's been very successful in creating and exiting companies. And he's going to be talking about what entrepreneurs need to know about Getting investment funding. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you, Richard. So what
3: do entrepreneurs need to know about (laughs) getting investment funding? Well, just uh, several uh, hundred things. So (laughs) the first thing is you have to be solving a compelling problem. So what is the problem? What is the unwanted need that you're trying to solve? For example, right now, my latest company is a a company to help radiologists read X-rays and CAT scans and mammograms and things like that. The number of medical images is growing exponentially. So the radiologists can't keep up with the demand. And what's happening is health costs are going up. There's more errors being made. And there's still the same number of radiologists. Also, we can't get access in some places where there aren't enough radiologists. So the solution we came up with, and that's the next thing that you want to know, is what is your solution? What's your solution to the problem? So our solution is using an AI, using artificial intelligence to help the radiologist make decisions and triage the x-rays, the medical images very quickly.
2: Rick, you're a professor at Rutgers University, and you teach entrepreneurism at the graduate level, so you really know your stuff. I want to go back to one of the issues you brought up, and that is how do you know if there's a long-felt need, and how do you know if your solution is going to solve that? Because that's such a fundamental
3: piece of the entrepreneurial process. Basically, you don't know. And what you do is you try... (laughs) (laughs) Throw caution to the wind. (laughs) Yes. If you look at eBay, uh, the founder of eBay was trying to come up with an idea. And his girlfriend at the time said, I have a Pez dispenser, an antique Pez dispenser. How can I sell it? He goes, okay, really quickly, I'll make a little website. We'll sell the Pez dispenser. And then people bombarded him with requests to buy Pez dispensers. And that grew and grew and grew into what we call eBay today. Airbnb, the guys were in an apartment. They were designers and what happened was a designer conference was happening and they said you know what we're kind of low on rent and we need some money we have a back room what if we try to rent it and see see what happens and they were swamped with people who wanted to rent it they charged uh you know premium amount of money the people were happy the people learned you know about the community they learned about the people and they said hey, what do we make a business out of this so uh, and what i'm going to say today is i initially started a company before this company to use AI to solve medical imaging problems. And what we learned in that company made us pivot. And now this new company, Sona Vista, which you can see at sonavistahealth.com. Shameless self promotion (laughs) I told them to do that. (laughs) So what we did was we pivoted, and now we're into a better better place. It's not as big a pivot as say the Pez dispensers or the Airbnb guys, but frequently what you think is gonna be huge, and you do all your research, Many times that's not the thing, it's something else. And One of the things you have to do is be flexible and listen to the customers. When the customers say they want this, you have to do this. You can't say, no, no, you must buy what I want you to buy. It has to be what the customers say.
1: I've heard a couple different things about investors. One is that they invest more in the person and the team than the idea sometimes. But then the other question I had is like, when do you know how to pivot? And that's a tough one for a lot of people. Well, a
3: lot of the standard cliches about what investors do, like they invest in the team, you know, and the people, that's great if you have an existing team with experience and you have all those things. A lot of us don't. A lot of us start out, you know, when I started in breast cancer imaging, I had no background in it. When I started a speech recognition company, I had no background in it. So it's also the guts. You know, real entrepreneurs, they'll start something very boldly. And they take a fresh view, and they're going to come at it in a different way. So I think that's one of the problems that we have today is that uh, millennials, no offense, are being brought up to think that there's a question and an answer to everything. There's not. There's a lot of things that are unknown. You know, when the telephone companies start, there were millions of telephone companies. When car companies start, there were millions of car companies. And in our country, it's great because everyone just goes wild, they kill each other, and you wind up with, you know, three car companies. One, it turned out, phone company. And nowadays, we don't have, we have too many regulations. I think that's a limiting thing. So what I would recommend is be like Elon Musk and just shoot through the fences, you know. Just just try whatever it is. And people, really what they buy is your, your passion. If they see you're passionate, passion is contagious. When you're passionate about what you do, everybody gets, you know, gets, gets excited. passionate. Right. Everybody wants, I want to be with this guy. Whatever he's saying, I like Elon Musk is, I'll say crazy, but when he speaks, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. I want to invest in this guy and, you know, go to the moon in, in a homemade rocket ship. Yes,
2: I want to do that. So is passion then the only thing? I think you're making a clear case that it's the most important thing. Yes. But what about some of the more sort of fundamental details that entrepreneurs need to pay attention to if they're going to get funding. I would say that you have to de-risk your opportunity. So there's all sorts of risks. You've been a pretty consistent proponent of intellectual property and patents because even if they're not perfect, they do throw up barriers to
3: entry. They give you something to leverage during the discussions, right? Right. I mean, I'm a huge fan of patents, primarily patents. I mean, copyrights and trade secrets and all that are are good, but really patents are—I've made a lot of money on patents. And the beauty of patents for a small— startup company is when a big company sees what you're doing and they want to copy it, they'll just copy it and they'll kill you. And I've had that happen. I started an e-learning company a long time ago and a huge company uh, just said, you know what, we're taking all your stuff. And I'm like, you can't do that. It's my stuff. Like, yeah, go ahead. You know, sue us. What are you going to do? We're a multi-billion dollar company. You're a teeny. And I thought about it. They're right. We're teeny. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing we can do. So mortgage we your house to yes. sue them, right? Yes. Or... <laughs> we went we went belly up like instantaneously. Everybody ran away. You know, the workers, the investor, everybody was ah they were all so I learned you have to have something to protect yourself. And the thing to protect yourself is patents. So patents work two ways. They're defensive and, and uh, I don't want to say offensive, but, you know. <laughs> if you don't have one, yeah. it's offensive. The, right? the way I do it. It's different. And patent attorneys but. can sometimes be offensive. But. <laughs> so when a big company... Comes like right now. Uh, we have novel idea. We have five patents with uh, the Gearhart firm, and those patents everybody wants. So The big companies, the big embedded giants, they can't steal it from us because we'll sue them, and they know many lawyers will sue them because the lawyer makes uh, some, you know, makes like thirty percent or forty percent or whatever they get, and if they make hundred million dollars, you know, it's even a lawyer that's a lot of money. So you know, they're not gonna they're, <laughs> they're not gonna steal our stuff. So it it makes it defensive, and then they have to come to the table and negotiate with you. The other thing is little companies can compete with you also like just like when nuance was little you know 200 million they competed with us and because they had more capital that they, they came from SRI from Stanford so they had more brand recognition they had a better network that had many more people involved who knew where they were so all those things make it really hard for the little guy so I am the biggest advocate not just because I love Elizabeth and Richard but patents are the saving thing also I've made the speech record when I sold the company, I still, to this day, get royalties, even though the patents expired. The way we had the license deal is they have to pay me royalties as long as they're using it, and they're still using it. So every year I get a nice check. And you can make a lot of money just on royalties. So even if you sell the company, the royalties drag through, and you could still get a revenue stream. Rick, you're one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show. (laughs) Yeah,
2: really. (laughs) And and speaking of which, you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Our special guest this evening is Rick Mamone, We'll be right back after this message.
4: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or Com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We
1: are having an amazing show tonight. If you're listening to the podcast, you missed the first half of this, go back and listen to it. We have got a serial entrepreneur who's made I, boatloads very, of money.
2: Very brainy guy, too. Oh, my gosh, how yeah. How he do all and, of this And
1: stuff? he's telling us how to do it. And right. then the pitches are going to be fantastic, too. So stay tuned.
2: And if you missed the first part of the show, you need to go back to the Gearhart Law website, G e a r h a r t Passage to Profit, and click on the podcast and listen to the wonderful things that Rick is telling us. It's definitely worth a listen.
1: So during the break, we asked... If there were questions from the people who are going to pitch today. And Pierre Laguerre had a question. He's got a great team. He's got a proven track record of sales. He's got a proven method. And he wants to scale to the next level. And investors just say no. So what's the problem?
3: Well, I think in the type of business that Pierre is in, you're creating a marketplace. And as he said himself earlier, you can't really patent the creation of a marketplace. So eBay created a marketplace. Airbnb is a marketplace. They all have patents, by the way. But it's hard to have a patent that really means anything. because somebody could just come in and take Pierre's business... There's easier design arounds. Right. sure. There's two strategies that you can win in business. One is patents, which is what I'm firmly entrenched in. I really am. I'm, I'm a firm believer in patents. The other one is you could try to be... Uh, not first to market, that's what people used to call it, but what you have to be is you have to build up your market share so rapidly, so you might do a freemium where Pierre might give his service away for free for the first six months when users do it. What you have to do is saturate the market so quickly and so rapidly, so that's why eBay grew so quick. That's why Facebook grew so quick. Facebook started very wisely with just college students. Uh, Amazon started very wisely with books. Take a niche, take a tiny niche, like maybe take trucks just for a particular thing where you know that people really need your service focus on that niche, build that niche out, expand it up, and then build it up. But there's two ways to go. One is take over the market, own your installed base, and then upsell them, cross-sell them, and keep keep coming up with ideas. And the other way is own a patent, and you just take your time, because if anybody messes with you, you go after them with your yeah. patent.
1: So I'm sitting here listening to this thinking, but that all costs money. It reminds me of this old joke I heard years ago on the radio. I think it must have been an iHeart station, because it was must hilarious. The guy said... <laughs> Everybody says it takes money to make money. But where does the first money come from? Like <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: where, where do you get the money to get yeah. all this done before you? the investors will look at you?
3: Well, friends and family, yourself, you know, for the first few hundred thousand dollars. The but reason you have to have a credible plan. You few hundred too.
1: thousand dollars, friends and family?
3: Yeah, you have angel investors. None you, of my friends are family, <laughs> by the way.
1: <laughs> but maybe a few ten thousand dollars here and there could help, right?
3: You have to go viral. so It's a lottery ticket. You're saying that Airbnb is going to take off. Facebook is gonna take off. Who knows? You know who knows, And who knows if somebody bigger isn't gonna come in and knock you out? The good thing about Airbnb and these is that no one thought there was a market there. When the founders of Airbnb were going around and I heard them talk, I'm like, no one's gonna do this. This isn't, to- I'm an old man. I'm not gonna go live in someone's apartment. Well, you know, there's millions and billions of people. So- and if we could all
2: predict with certainty, we'd be billionaires, right? Right, so- exactly.
3: So what I would try to do as much as possible is get it to an intellectual property, some intellectual property that you could own, but otherwise what you have to do is you have to get the money and you have to go viral and you're gonna lose money. Even the patents cost money, you have to invest. You know, it's like uh, somebody once said, a billionaire, someone asked him, uh, how did you get so rich? And he said, something my father told me. And he said, what did your father tell you? Here's a billion dollars. Don't lose it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there are lots of products out there that aren't protected
2: by patents, but they have some other advantage to get them. You know, for example, Martha Stewart sells sheets and big box stores. Those sheets get distributed over a matter of weeks. They're out there. They're in the trade. By the time anybody else copies their colors or a color scheme, people have already bought all the sheets that they're going to buy for the year. You need some sort of huge competitive advantage right. like that if you don't have a patent, which right. is just impractical for a lot of right. entrepreneurs.
3: Uh, Martha Stewart built a brand over 20 years, invested... You know her own time millions of dollars of other people's money you know for tv shows magazines and so she transferred her brand into money if you're a regular person at 25 years old you're not martha stewart you're not uh, oprah winfrey you know you're not you're not coming in from that angle it's just like uh, steve jobs who I, I you know learned to admire everyone says oh he turned you know apple around well give me a multi-billion dollar company to turn around and you know let's see <laughs> you know let's your odds might one. be better right yeah.
2: <laughs> i've started every
3: company from zero from literally zero it's a little harder. So that whole process
2: of bootstrapping right. is a great topic. What are some of the things that you did? How did you think? What did you plan? How did
3: you bootstrap those companies? I mean, even now I'm bootstrapping. A lot of people will work based on just earning equity. You know, So they might have full-time jobs and they're just working part-time to, because they believe. You have to... Be passionate, and you have to inspire your workers, inspire the investors, and inspire the customers.
2: Rick, it's just been absolutely fantastic. I hope you'll stick with us and uh, help us with the pitch portion of the show. It's mine. And you're listening to Passage to Profit. We're going to have the pitches coming up right after this message. wor 710 the voice of New York.
4: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software, Software application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at gearhartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
0: Passage to profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
1: If you missed our guest speaker for the last twenty minutes, oh boy, you got to get the podcast at the Gearhart Law website: G E A R H A R T L A W. And go That's, to
2: Passage uh, to Profit. You should know Forgo- that by Forgot now. Forgot how to
1: spell you like the last marketing, name. <laughs> marketing director. And listen to Rick Mamone. Tell you what investors want and what budding entrepreneurs really need to do. He teaches entrepreneurism at Rutgers University. In the
2: graduate program. In the graduate program. And while you're at the website, you should check out the whole Gearhart Law team. We have all of our bios in there, lots of interesting information about intellectual property, the patent process, the trademark process, copyrights, trade secrets, the whole enchilada. So if you're interested in intellectual property, if you have a project and you're thinking about starting the project, I think you can understand that intellectual property is just absolutely crucial to making your project get off to a good start. So go to our website, GerhartLaw, dot com.
1: Yes, please do. So anyway, (laughs) now we're ready for our first pitch. But before we start, some vital info. Listeners, when you're listening to the pitches, please think about which one you like best and go to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearhart Law website. And you need to scroll down to find the poll to vote.
2: And the website is Gearhart Law, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W. Everybody gets one vote and the voting is open for one week. Don't forget to like us, too, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: And get your friends to vote. And you can remember the name of the show by imagining you're walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. Passage to profit.
2: And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. Each contestant now gets two minutes to pitch, followed by a discussion with our guests. The overall best vote getter gets a professionally produced video for their pitch, a $500 value.
1: And the winning pitch goes on to our YouTube channel. So let's get started. So we have Pierre Laguerre from Brooklyn and Paul Monguilla from Dallas.
5: Hi, my name is Pierre Laguerre, founder and CEO of Fleeting. Fleeting is a mobile platform that connects vetted CDL Class A and B truck drivers to trucking companies for schedule on-demand, and temporary transportation needs. I'm Paul
6: Munguia, I'm the COO of Fleeting.
5: Me, myself, I've been in transportation for the past 15 years as a Class A truck driver and a successful entrepreneur. I had an alternate um, life event that happened in 2014 where I lost everything I've had, and I started a cleaning window service. I started cleaning windows at NYC and built that business to $62,000 in three months and took that money and started a trucking company and a staffing company and built both of them to $4 million in revenue in three years. Having spent 15 years in transportation, I've realized how important this industry is to our nation. 80% of goods are moved by truck drivers. And also, that showed me how important truck drivers are to that specific industry. Despite the dire importance of trucking, the industry treats drivers like second-rate citizens. Hours are brutally long, schedules are inflexible, several uh, drivers are facing a lot of health problems on the road, and average pay is really very low. With this creates a bigger problem into our industry, the trucking industry has failed to recruit a new wave of truck drivers due to the stigmas that surrounds the work. Average age of a truck driver is 54 years old. 40% of companies' fleets are going unused, and 60,000 drivers are needed today to meet demand. Autonomous cannot fix this problem, and it was actually will create a more of a demand. This industry needs a solution now. And fleeting, what we do, we connect truck drivers to trucking companies for on-demand, schedule, and temporary transportation needs.
2: Wow, that is such an amazing story. So you're a serial entrepreneur, too. You started with the window washing business, and now you have a truck driving business. Tell us, how is your service helping truck drivers?
5: Yeah, so what I've learned also is that running both operations, I run a trucking company and I run a staffing company. With the trucking company, I had to hire all my drivers at W-2, and they had a strict schedule, and they had to work between five to six days a week. Our drivers is pretty much drivers that we hire and we outsource them to other motor carriers. And what we realized is that those drivers that was on a staffing end was always more efficient, a lot more happier because they work on their term. They had the flexibility component. They spent more time with their loved ones. And the drivers that we hired directly was the ones that was always problem because it was a tough schedule and they couldn't adhere to it. And they're always looking for flexibility. So that pain right here kind of really showed us exactly the real pain problem that trucking companies are facing and truck drivers are facing in the industry.
1: What is your biggest problem right now? What are you trying to do that you can't seem to work through?
5: What it is that we're trying to do? I know we was having some uh, problem um, fundraising, which we did raise $300,000 uh, from investors like Quick Capital, Hatcher Plus, and Arlen was here. And we've even decided that maybe we don't even need the money anymore because we are growing. We're doing 30K MRR. We have the demand. We have the supply. Drivers are applying. Customers are requesting the service. So we really pretty much wanted to get the money is more kind of make sure the team get paid, hire a CTO, hire a VP of sales to kind of bring them more traction. I'm okay with knocking on the door and speaking driver with myself and speaking with customers. So we've decided, okay, well, if raising venture capital is gonna take away from my time of building the business, maybe it's best I keep my foot on the ground and speak with drivers all the time and speak with customers all the time and actually grow the business organically.
2: That's really an important point because we are talking about investors tonight and we're talking about investors funding. But if you have investors, That you have to find them, and that takes a lot of time, and it takes time away from developing your product and developing your business, and then you have to answer to the investors, right? Absolutely. And, you know, they have their money in the company and they want you to listen to what they want you to do. And sometimes that work relationship can be a little bit rocky.
3: Yes. The real thing that investors are looking at and I would look at any, is how you're going to scale it up. So if you have to personally go, if Pierre has to knock on everybody's door, I'm not in on that because that, you're not, you know, how many guys you're going to get. Are you using Google AdWords? Are you using Facebook? And How do you get to the people who want to outsource their trucking needs? What I want to see is how this is going to go viral. How this is going to scale? And it can't be Pierre's doing all the work. No, nobody's going to invest in one guy, you know, one trick money. How are you scaling it out? Do you have influencers?
6: In the past five days, we we spent maybe $500 on Indeed ads and had about 120 drivers respond um, very quickly. So what are you doing differently, though, that's
2: uh, making your business so much more attractive than others? Because right
6: now they've got to work five to six days, uh, 70 hours a week, and they've got to work for that one trucking company nonstop. So
3: there must be competitors. There must be other people who are creating a market space. Who are they? What's your competitive advantage over them? And, uh, you know, niche, niche, niche. I would pick a niche where the need is so great that you will go viral. So if there's a certain kind of trucking, applications where there are no W-2 jobs, there are no people who want to full-time it, I would focus in on that and blow up on that.
5: Yeah, and that's actually um, our main focus. Is pretty much uh, the way we get our drivers is pretty much what we realize is... Um, speaking their language, speaking something that resonates with truck drivers. And what's happening is a lot of trucking companies trying those approach and it's not working because it's like singing the same songs to these drivers for the past God knows how many years and nobody's really seen any how improvement in How do you get the payers? It. Okay,
3: so you're really cool with the with the truck drivers. The, yes. You understand their language. What about the business people who want to yes. outsource?
5: So what we've learned is also we've, we've seen where, where these two parties hang out. So for a truck driver, we know we can acquire a driver on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much even at a local truck stop. But for the trucking companies, we know that they hang out on LinkedIn. So our LinkedIn Then, ad goes directly to target those trucking companies. So this is how we get the customers. So we actually put out surveys and find out the trucking companies, what their needs are. And we did the uh, same thing last week as well. We sent out an email to a few trucking companies, and we had about four customers apply and right. ready to give us a product. What's your
3: customer acquisition cost? What does each customer cost? So, you know? f-
5: so for now, the, the ones that we get in, it, it didn't cost us anything because it was just pretty much organic email that we sending out to customers. is hacking.
3: I mean, you got to figure out the math of the customer acquisition cost. So if you're going through LinkedIn or whatever your main thing is, Google AdWords. Like I said, minimum it's 40 bucks per customer, but if you're going to if you're going to sell that driver for more than 40 bucks, you know, what's the lifetime value of that for you? If that customer is going to keep coming back and doing jobs for you, it's worth the 40 bucks. So you yes. got to figure out the math. What's your lifetime value you get per you know per trans- per users? Yeah, and you got to do that math. It's it's all that data, yes,
5: uh, absolutely. And what we've learned also is that um, drivers that we've had is drivers that have been with us for the past three years that never left. Even though trucking companies uh, made the offer to acquire the driver to come work for them mm-hmm. directly, the drivers never took that offer because they know once they go in that company, they lose the flexibility component. So our drivers are really the life, the LTV on a driver and a user is really pretty long. Could you be the Uber of trucks? In other words, guys who have trucks. Um, now, now, that's 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 a very we have to be very careful when we talking about being the Uber of truck because now if we talking about there's direct competitions and there's indirect competition, right? So a company like Uber Freight, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. They're they're in the same logistics space. Company like Convoy, those guys, their focus is. Working with owner operators, guys that already own their own equipment, yeah. trailers, insurance, and they connect them with shippers. What we do is different. We connect the drivers. They don't need no trucks. All they need is a clean CDL license, mm-hmm. a clean credential, and we connect them with the customers that already have the equipment mm-hmm. that's facing the pain of not finding the crowd of our drivers. Which and even sub- if they're due... The churn rate on hiring a driver is very high.
1: Do they have benefits? Do, how does the pay relate to, like, if they were working for a different type of company?
5: Yeah, so for us right now, it's very early for us to, to tell the drivers that we're going to promise them benefits. But we also understand, as me, again, from a driver, I know those are pains that drivers are facing every day. They need benefits. They need some retirement plan. They need help with taxes. So what we will do is pretty much build in the community a marketplace of drivers to where we'll be able to connect them with all those service providers that can help those drivers with health benefits, um, retirement 401 k So the goal here is to build a culture, is to create a different culture of truck drivers by removing the bad stigma and bringing a new generation of truckers, more millennials, more women in the LGBTQ community into trucking. That's great. So where can we find you? Yes, uh, we can find us on fleetingpro.com, social media, on Instagram, you can find me at Pierre underscore Laguerre5. And LinkedIn is the same thing, Pierre Laguerre, Twitter, Pierre Laguerre, and pretty much anything dealing with companies fleeting.
1: So everybody, you are listening to Passage to Profit on WR710 with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Rick Mamone. And you just heard a pitch by Pierre Laguerre.
5: Thank you.
4: Hi, I'm Lisa Askleys, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition, I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, e-vine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askleys, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
5: Hi, everyone. My name is Pierre Laguerre, founder and CEO of Fleeting. Man, I love being on Passage to Profit.
0: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again,
2: Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With our special guest this evening, Rick Mamone. And we're on to our second pitch from Priscilla Carmona. And she's from Hudson, New Jersey. Priscilla, you have two minutes. Go.
7: Well, hello, everybody. My name is Priscilla, and I am a co-founder of SCORES, which stands for Second Chance Opportunity Reintegration Entity Systems. We have started this organization based upon personal and professional experiences. I have been a social worker for the last 10 years, and we are really looking to revolutionize the way we look at discharge planning for individuals coming out of incarceration substance abuse treatment facilities hospitalization or any other form of institutionalization research shows that incarceration really impacts the way we return to society in the areas of housing education financial resources and credits without these factors individuals really fall into the revolving door of poverty and addiction and we are looking to break that cycle through being a access point and linkages to other services similar to ours. Originally, we have started this organization because we had really wanted to provide products such as financial resources, credit restoration, criminal expungements. However, what we have found is our niche is really discharge planning and really making sure that individuals have these types of services already in place before they come into society, and really being able to provide one-on-one care management support once they're home. So we are really looking to be able to impact the criminal justice system and really show the way in which we can raise awareness and remove stigma for individuals impacted by these issues.
2: That's great, so how did you come up with the idea?
7: My co-founders and I really started this through personal experiences of being impacted by the criminal justice system, also through professional experiences. So I was an intern at the Integrity House, which is a substance abuse treatment facility in Secaucus, New Jersey. Um, I was tasked to develop a program. I saw that there was a gap. So there was a gap between individuals leaving our facility and reentering into society. And I saw that there was a significant need where women and men were coming back to programming. So based upon that gap, I had developed this program. It started originally with five individuals. By the time I left the internship, it grew to 25 individuals. And now we are working with different stakeholders within the community to really outsource into jails, other hospitals, VA systems, and other criminal justice programs. Right now we're really working on RFPs and proposals. Mm -hmm. So we have an RFP pending through a correctional facility, And we are looking to gain access into halfway houses. Um, The Integrity House, due to the fact that I piloted the program there, is willing to allow me to be able to start the program and make it into a developed department into their agency. So we're really starting there. So ultimately, the funding source would be the actual entity, and then the clients that we service would be either the inmate or the individual who has been released or working with the addiction population.
2: So can you share with us a story of somebody who didn't have this kind of discharge planning and maybe share a story of somebody who did and how the outcomes were different.
7: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I have many stories. <laughs> First and foremost, the most recent of an individual impacted was last week I had met with a client who had served 10 years of incarceration. Um, he went, upon his release, he was provided what's called a smart book, which really is a book that itemizes all of the services that are available. When he came to my office, he really had trouble just simply using the phone really understanding how iPhones work and Android phones work. And really, you know, that was starking to me because it really... They don't have
2: iPhones in prison?
7: No, no. Unfortunately, state funding doesn't allow that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but um, really, we are working with individuals whose life has stopped. Their life has stopped at a moment. So they're not afforded the same opportunities that we take for granted. And really allowing him the opportunity to tell his story without judgment, to really help him, to give him the hope that he can work for agencies like a trucking company, like um, Lyft, like really developing and cultivating that career for him really is hopeful so that he doesn't fall back into addiction or poverty.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I think most of us don't realize that when somebody's incarcerated – Their life is nowhere close to what our lives are. Like you said, technology passes them
7: by. They Mm -hmm.
1: don't get to use that technology. So do you have training courses? I guess you taught them to use a phone. So do you have training courses for other things too?
7: Yeah, we have, we're access points, so we work very closely with the Elizabeth Economic Development Corporation that does job training. There's the Reentry Corporation of New Jersey that does a lot of job placements. Um, we are actively working with an organization to build entrepreneurial skills. A lot of the entrepreneurial skills that individuals face on the streets are very similar to what we find in white collar businesses and really understanding how those skills, if cultivated correctly, can really build into a business and really allowing them that pipeline. I kind of wanted to go back to the original question that was asked if what are the successes of our story? I have worked with a female client who was in a rehabilitation program she really felt that her family was not supportive and she was really frightened to allow them to come to the table part of the program is really building these formal and informal supports so after discussing this issue with her we were able to bring her father to the table to discuss discharge planning and out of that meeting it came out that he said that he was the one that was really frightened and he felt guilt And shame about what has happened. And he agreed to family therapy services. And when she finally was discharged, it was very successful for her because she did reconnect and build that familial support system that she originally didn't think that she had.
2: So a lot of people leave the institution really not knowing if they're going to be accepted by their family. They may not have a place to go. And this was a case where the woman who was being discharged didn't know if she would be accepted by her family. And they're leaving without a job or financial means. And your program anticipates those kinds of problems and creates a plan for them to maybe help them figure out what's going to happen next.
7: Absolutely. One of the things we talk about often is how addiction is really a family disease. It really impacts not just the individual who's entrenched in this insidious disease, but also the family. And really, really understanding how shame, guilt, empathy, and all those factors play a part in it. Um, Oftentimes, we have family members who are just so frightened that they're going to lose their loved one that they give in to the disease and all the behaviors behind it because the fear is so paralyzing.
2: We have acquaintances who had a son who left a treatment program. And within a week after leaving the treatment program, passed away from an overdose. I'm so sorry. And it was very traumatic for us, of course, and of course, even more so for the family. But... There probably wasn't a lot of planning around his discharge, and maybe if there had been more planning, this wouldn't have happened.
7: The addiction community is a very small niche, small-knit community where people really come together, and when we hear really sad stories, it impacts us all, and it really motivates us to be able to see where are these gaps, where are these challenges, so that we can prevent the next death.
2: So what is your sort of business model? How do you plan to monetize this, and how do you plan to expand it?
7: So right now we are absolutely a grassroots movement, um, and that is some of the challenges. Some of the challenges in working with different investors is really understanding where is the return on the investments. Right. And a lot of people have difficulties working with this particular population because it's a higher risk. For example, it's, it was very difficult for us to just get general liability insurance for the actual business because there's a higher risk when you're walking into jails, when you're walking into urban populations. So those are some of the challenges that we're facing. Um, how I tackle those challenges is really being able to educate on stigma and how we can overcome that. So right now, a lot of our models is really based on contracts, grant writing, and RFPs.
3: I think if you were teaching them skills, job skills, like maybe trades and things like that, and there's a bunch of tools now that you could use to help you do that, that maybe um, people would invest or uh, donate to the cause. Because if you're you're retraining these people to become, you know, Productive members of society, as well, it might help them distract them from their
7: other problems. I think that's great. Right now, we are a for profit entity um, because the process to get the nonprofit takes some time. And in order to really kind of carve out this realm, so to speak, we've been really collaborating with existing nonprofits and really trying to find a way where we can connect with a larger institution.
1: So, how do people know about you? How are you reaching the people you want to reach
7: So right now a lot of it is word of mouth I attend all freeholder meetings I we are very active in the communities um, we also assist with other community organizations through events any type of fundraising that they have and through that type of word of mouth really, very kind of old-fashioned, but very um, successful people have been able to reach out to us.
2: Well, thank you very much, Priscilla. We really appreciate you coming here. Where can our listeners find you?
7: We were just talking about this. So
1: Priscilla's website is still under construction, but it's nearly done. And we think it will be under secondchancescores.com. So look for that. If you can't find it, maybe contact our office in a month or so and we can direct you to it.
2: So, Or if you want to fill out a contact form on the Passage to Profit page at the Gearheart Law website and you want to communicate with Priscilla, we'd be happy to forward that information to her. Thank you very much. You're listening to Passage to Profit. WOR710, the voice of New York, we will be back with our final pitch right after this.
4: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common they start with a solid foundation first gearheart law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection so if you have a new consumer product a new software application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your new Needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearheartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G E A R H A R T L A W.com. This ad has been read by a non attorney spokesperson.
7: Hi, my name is Priscilla Carmona from Scores, and I loved being on Passage to Profit.
0: Passage to Profit continues with Rich. Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
1: And our special guest, Rick Mamone on WR710. And this is also a podcast. So if you're listening to the Sunday night, the podcast is available the next Monday. And if you're just tuning in, we have had such incredible things today, like things that are really helping people. Like I feel like this is a very meaty show, a lot of education on how you can start your own company. And the last two pitches we heard and the pitch that's coming up are things that are so helpful to society.
2: And so relatable to so many people. So make sure you go to the Gearheart Law website and download the podcast.
1: Okay, so we are ready for our third pitch with Farouk Amin and Tham Verlaskar. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much
6: for having us on the show. Where are you guys from?
8: We are actually from Astoria, Queens. We're both raised here. Uh, We grew up here, and uh, we're both from the transportation space, really. Okay, great. So we're here today to talk about Defendit. Our website is defendit.io. That's D-E-F-E-N-D-I-T.io. We do have an application on Android Market, our iOS is coming next week. So what is Defended? Very simply put, we have designed a platform, integrating artificial intelligence to go ahead and help you protect your driving experience. So in very layman terms, we're able to protect you, so while you're driving, your license is not suspended, your vehicle is inspected, while maintaining and making sure that you have full knowledge and transparency of any tickets you receive through our platform. Now, this is a simple application and a web platform cloud based where we want to transform the transportation, the ticketing and the legal space. The way we're doing that is really understanding there is a need because, again, the transportation space is very vague and very big. However, when it comes to documents and legal and when it comes down to transparency, they don't really do very well um, in terms of getting that information out. We do work closely with New York State. We work closely in the transportation space and
3: logistics. So you have an AI system? And it's basically, um, I guess, monitoring like for speeding tickets or parking tickets and things like that. It's and- it's more like for managing your vehicle,
6: uh, your driver's license, and your tickets that you receive. Um, for it could be for speeding, parking, or anything like that. So, for example, say you parked your car outside right now. You know, we just have to put some more quarters on the meter. But say if we didn't, we got a qu- uh, we got a ticket right now. Um, automatically, that ticket will show up on our app and on the website under your license number. So as of right now, there isn't any system, unless you go into the DMV website, which is a seven-step process, and put all your information in and see how many tickets you have. This will notify you, hey, you have a ticket that needs to be paid, you have five days late, within the five days you need to pay it, or else you're going to get hit with the $50 late fee.
8: Simply, we want you to make sure you know. We want to make sure you know that you're about to get hit with the fee, so take an action. Most of the time we forget because we receive the letter by mail. So transparency is is our key foundation and core foundation.
2: Whatever motivated you guys to come up with this? (laughs) Uh, I'm just dying to know. (laughs) A barrel full of parking (laughs) parking tickets?
6: (laughs) Very good question. Well, we're both in the transportation industry. We have over 3,000 taxis, Uber, green taxis, Lyft, in our network, in our base. So a lot of these drivers come to us all the time telling us, hey, you know, I got this ticket. And, you know, you can imagine a taxi driver getting how many tickets they get compared to us. They need help with the tickets and lawyers are charging $300, $400, some lawyers way more than that. They aren't being able to protect their license and TLC and DMV are not notifying them when their license is suspended. So you can imagine, when a license is suspended for one of these guys, they're losing money because they are not able to work. That this sounds business. like the perfect New York project, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, goes, it goes more than just New York <laughs> itself, because you know we realize that in our community, these guys are like having such a struggle to deal with it. So that's how we came up with this platform. That way, they can manage all their vehicles and licenses and be able to have pay the tickets and also fight the tickets as well. You know, at a reasonable cost.
8: I think that one of the biggest challenge when you, when you receive a ticket and, and you had asked a great question is that once you do receive the ticket, is that what do you do next, right? Do you pay for that ticket? Do you fight that ticket? Do you have a proper defense for that ticket? So a lot of times, you know, that process itself can be very, very stressful. You don't know where to turn. And if you do know where to turn, that person can just take so much money from you for a very, very simple situation. So our platform using artificial intelligence comes right in. And go ahead and provide you with that solution and that information uh, so you can do so. Making
2: the world safe for traffic (laughs) violators. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) So how does your
1: app get the information? Where does it get the information from?
8: Our application is we're working closely with uh, New York State DMV where we're able to use their API and go ahead and retrieve some of that information based on our ISO 10,000 protection that we have. So what it does is basically tells us basic information and the user themselves sees that basic information and they can take actions either to pay which is uh, obviously you can uh, uh, get that information as well from DMV website and the TLC website.
2: That's pretty amazing. I never really would have dreamed that a ticket management system was necessary, but uh, now that you bring it up, I think it's a great idea. What do you think the potential market, though, is for an app like this?
8: Right now, we are targeting strictly the commercial TLC, the Uber guys, the taxi drivers, because that's our domain expertise. And how do you make money on this? Listen, you're getting right to the core, and, and I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll get right into that. We're here about money. It's called are, passing we are, we to profit here.
2: for a reason. <laughs> I, I hear you. So
8: before I, uh, before I go into how we make money, let me just put out there that we are looking to do a $3 million raise on convertible notes right now, and we're actively seeking for that investment. With that being said, how do we make money? So our platform is designed where, obviously, if you sign up, if you download the application, you sign up on the website, it's all free. However... If you do decide to pay through our platform or you do decide to fight through our platform, we have a flat rate fee. Also, we have a membership fee that we have designed. Again, if you uh, would like to sit down, I don't want to go through here, but would love to sit down and go through that. Are you hitting
2: me up for investment? (laughs) Is that... Uh, I think so. (laughs) Listen, uh, listen, we're here... Where do I sign? uh, I love this project. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
8: (laughs) We're here to take this opportunity for profit, for you, for us. We can all win. (laughs) and help the community, that's the goal.
1: Yeah. I want to hear what Rick has to say about this.
8: Well, uh,
3: so far, how much money have you made and how much market traction is there in this thing? It's hard to see the value, there's a convenience, but what's the value to the, because dri- if drivers get a lot of tickets, they know how to handle them themselves, and there's probably lawyers who do this routinely and stuff like that. The whole process that you said, yeah, it does
6: exist, but it's a very difficult process, right? Now, drivers are getting tickets, drivers are giving tickets to their lawyers, reaching out to the lawyers, going to a meeting. I mean, we are cutting all of that
2: out, And we are making. Are you helping them with the tickets? You know, fix it. No, that was (laughs) the absolute worst word. Are you helping them with the cops? (laughs) Fighting
6: the tickets. Fighting the tickets. Yes. So we have over a thousand (laughs) lawyers in our network. Oh, good lord. So you guys it, are crazy. Yeah. So, so with, with the, you haven't heard the best part. Yeah. So <laughs> money part. Yeah, yeah. So that's the money part right there. So listen, a guy gets a ticket. One of these guys gets a ticket, and he thinks that okay, I think I can fight this. He can write on the app. He can fight the ticket, and a lawyer will be assigned to this with this ticket right away. A messaging portal will be opened up with them talking. Now the process that you were talking about is me calling a lawyer or visiting a lawyer, wasting my time sitting over there explaining it to him. We're cutting all of that out and making it very easy. Yeah. And so that's why I think majority of the drivers will choose us to use the app and get the best lawyers in the network. Is it a
3: fixed fee? A it's a fixed fee. Is it a guaranteed yeah. minimum fee? Do you guarantee you'll be in the bottom 5% of fees?
6: It's a really good price compared to what these lawyers are charging. Because, I mean, the prices that came out, we did our studies with the drivers. We did our studies with the lawyers and came up with the
8: prices. This is revolution. And I said that when we the first word that came to us. And the reason why I say this is because, yes, there are solutions. For the technology that we have built, you have to go through about five different agencies. You know, fighting the tickets, you know, parking your car, going to the lawyer, waiting, you know, spending the time at the law office. Well, it takes away time from your work. It takes away time. So we provide a solution where you're basically using an application to receive all of that at full
2: transparency. Yeah, I mean I get that. I mean what taxi driver wants to deal with this kind of paperwork and track all of this stuff. He's driving around all day. He's getting notices in the mail. How is how is he going to keep track of all that? Exactly. Stuff, but but right? let me let me just say this because one of the most important thing, we're
8: talking about fighting tickets. Our platform, okay, it's about transparency. It's about giving back to the community. It's about you on the know how about how to do what you need to do through the solution. Now, fighting the tickets is one of our arms. Our bigger arm is to make sure your driving experience is protected. Make sure when you're pulled over, you are good to go. Make sure if you do get in a bad situation, you have a solution and place to go.
1: So I have a question. How many people are using this right now?
8: So our website has been live for one month. Our uh, Android application uh, went live last week. And so far, we have 2,400 as of this morning. These, again, are users
2: that are just signing up, looking at their tickets, putting that information in so they're protected.
6: And also paying their tickets.
2: I hope the city doesn't like institute discovery on your website or something like that.
6: No, I, hope I think the city some... might
2: want to work with us to update their system.
6: We are <laughs> we are reaching out to the
8: city closely. We're working with a few of the guys there to make sure that we can also provide a tool and support and bring the transparency out to the our our New Yorkers. Listen, end of the day, we are consumers. We're here for each other, and if we have a solution that the city will help the city uh, be better at what they do and also consumer be more transformative, then let's do it.
1: Do you have any plans for any proactive stuff like, for instance, registration expiring? So
8: as
6: soon as you sign up, you're going to put your plate number, your driver's license information, when your registration expires and everything, we will have that data. Now, Say next month on the twelfth, your registration expires. It is going to notify you that you need to renew your registration.
1: Will it also make an appointment to get my emissions checked?
8: <laughs> so I'll, t- I'll tell you what I want car we are—we are—we're uh, <laughs> working closely right now to see what we could do about that to automate that again. Um it's a, it's a two-sided problem, chicken and egg. So we started the first uh, end of it, and uh, at some point when we're working closely with the repair shops and everybody that will do that for you at some point, yes. I think it's a great yeah. idea. I think yes. you guys should patent this. Um, <laughs> yeah. We should, and I think we would need to talk after about investment as well. All right. Yeah. I'm ready. So, yeah.
1: We're unfortunately out of time. This has been great. You know what? People out there, listeners, if you are getting tickets, I guess you're just in New York right now, but New Yorkers, if you are getting tickets you should really look at these guys' website. And what was your website again?
8: It's defended.io. And if I just can say that not only tickets, if you drive, if you have a driver's license or you own a car, you need Defend It.
1: That was Fru Amin and Thamver Laskar. You are listening to Passage to Profit with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Rick Mamone.
2: We'll be back right after this.
4: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearhartlaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience project without calling us first. Contact GearHartlaw Law on the web at gearhartla Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. My name is Farouk Amin
8: from Defended, and I love being on Passage to Profit.
0: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit.
2: This has been so much fun and so educational, too. huh? We got a double dose of transportation on the pitches, plus Mr. Mimone's completely and totally fantastic insights on investor funding. And we had a heartwarming entrepreneur who is really trying to make the world a better place by helping people who've had hard times. So you get it all here on Passage to Profit.
1: Listeners, you get to vote on your favorite one. I'm going to give you their websites again. And Richard just kind of summarized them. So for people who want to drive a truck on their own terms, we have fleetingpro.com, F-L-E-E-T-I-N-G-P-R-O.com. For people who are just getting out of a bad situation or know somebody who is, who needs some reentry into society, we have second chance scores. And for people who really want to defend their driving <laughs> and not make sure... Who really sure
2: want to know how many tickets they've yeah, got.
1: We had <laughs> Farouk Amin and Than Lasker with Defendit, I-O-D-E-F-E-N-D-I-T dot I-O.
2: Right. And so now Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once, and you have until next Sunday at 8 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt, and the best overall vote-getter for the show will receive a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. And I'd like to thank Rick Mamone again. You brought us over the top in so many ways, Rick. Tell us, what are your final thoughts?
3: This has been great. I really uh, I enjoy you know, always seeing Richard and Elizabeth. And watching uh, young people, to me, you're all young. Uh, Everybody's (laughs) young. (laughs) Because uh, I, I think that the new generation, there's not enough entrepreneurs, there's not enough people starting companies. If you look at the statistics, they're pretty horrible. And seeing you guys and listening to your passion, it really reinvigorates me and makes me, you know, very proud and happy to be a part of today.
1: And we totally agree. So I would like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson. Our producer, Noah Fleischman, who said this was a really scrumptious show.
3: That's
2: that's really good. He said it was high on the scrumptious yes. meter. That's about as good as you can get.
1: Our engineer, Rob Barrett, and the whole iHeart team. So don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. Listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be.
2: And please, don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart from Gearhart Law on iHeart Radio with Passage to Profit, WOR710, The Voice of New York.